Yeah, let's play some background music with the, the name Ma in it while yeah, we're doing but this. Yeah, but if I do that and we play more than six seconds, technically I have to pay them money, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's fine. Just have Jackson sing it. It's fine. Well, as long as it's not more than six seconds. <laughs> it still applies. What if he changes the words a little bit so it's not technically their song? Well, then it's a parody and we're fine. Okay, good. Duly but noted. Don't, but don't do that anyway, because hey, cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. If you did not gather by that little off-kiltered extra intro before this, we are discussing the movie Ma today with a bonus episode for you guys it is justin sterling and heather yes i did refer to myself in the third person get over it it's fine and we are going to talk about what we liked didn't like and everything in between with for the movie i already mentioned ma and this is going to be a doozy for you guys at least from my own perspective i know me and justin changed it up on the godzilla podcast and we went out of order you know we went away from our typical order i should say and we're not doing that because I very much want to be in my normal position of last likes, first dislikes for this movie. So, Heather, what did you like about Ma? <laughs> At least you're honest about it. Um, what did I like about Ma? That is a really good question. Um, honestly, for me, the thing that stands out most about this movie is the dynamics between the kids in the movie the teenagers that are all friends and in high school together and hanging out together. That was kind of the most appealing part of the movie because it's just kind of a, like they, they were just like a fun group of kids that you just, you know, you were, you were interested in knowing like what they were going to get into and what they were going to do. Like it just, it felt like their friendships were real. The dynamic of all of them together worked really well. So I think that they did that in a really, in a really good way. It was a good aspect of the film. And in general, I do, I, I like Octavia Spencer a lot. I think she's a phenomenal actress. She's got a lot of talent and she could play so many different types of roles. And this is the first role I've seen her in where she's just really super creepy. And she did a great job at that. You know, you sympathize with her in this movie because you learn about her backstory and kind of what she's been through and the reason that her mindset is a little bit more the way that it is. Uh, not totally, obviously, but, you know, we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, you just kind of, you, you sympathize with her because of what she has been through and kind of that she was bullied a little bit and made fun of a lot when she was in high school. Um, but you're also super creeped out by her. So she's really good at playing both sides of that in a, in a really good way because you, it's like a, it's like a coin toss, a, a coin toss where you're just like, you know, one minute you're like, oh, I feel bad for her. And then you're like, no, she's real creepy. So I thought that that was a really cool dynamic and she did it very seamlessly. Um, and I appreciated that about her, her performance in this. Um, honestly, the performances are the best part of it. I did also like the dynamic between the, um, the main girl, the daughter. Um, her name is escaping me right now. Diana, I think. Oh, Diana Silvers. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she plays Maggie. And her and her mom, who is played by Juliette Lewis, I really like their dynamic as mother and daughter. I think that that was also really well done. Very realistic as well. And they just, you know, they had really good chemistry as mother and daughter. So I like that a lot too. So um, honestly, I mean, for me, the main things about this movie that I did enjoy were just kind of the dynamics between the characters and the performances that they did for the movie itself. That's going to be, that's going to be my likes, everyone. <laughs> Justin, your turn. All right. What did I like about Ma? Well, um, some of these things are going to be mirrors of what Heather said, because a, a lot of what she pointed out are some of the strongest aspects of the movie. Um, 
Octavia Spencer, I can't say enough about how she carries the, this film, you know, despite uh, and despite its flaws. And we will get to that soon. Um, Octavia Spencer was definitely a breath of fresh air here. Uh, she she's I've never seen her in a role like this or to my knowledge, I've never seen her play um, a role like this. So this was interesting. And I imagine that she took this on as a challenge. This was something that seemed fun and it seemed like a, a vacation for what she, the kind of character that she normally plays. And uh, Tate Taylor, this is the same guy that directed The Help, which Octavia Spencer was also in that. So obviously there's a dynamic there that these are two people that like each other. So I'm sure that she's, she invited this challenge and thought that this would be a fun opportunity to do something different. And I do feel that she really shines here. She is creepy, just like Heather said. What she does with some of her facials, her expressions, how she would hug somebody and then she would just have this look in her eye like she was up to something or conniving something or concocting something. So I just really liked her in this film. And honestly, the first half or so of this movie was very intriguing because as you're going along for this ride and you're wondering what she's doing or what her motive is or why she's doing this or what's her end game, when uh, the, the movie works best when you're trying to figure that out. And a lot of that is because of her performance. Uh, and like Heather said, Diana Silvers, who plays Maggie, and Juliette Lewis, who's Erica, the mother, they were also good here, too. And if I'm not mistaken, Diana Silvers was in Booksmart, right? Wasn't that the... Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was neat to see her again. Yeah. So it was neat to see her again. I was immediately like, oh, Booksmart. So... Uh, it was nice to see her back and she's really good here. She's good as a daughter who's new to the area and her mom, you know, used to live here and just moved back and her dynamic with the other students is good. I thought that, you know, no, but none of them necessarily stood out to me as exceptional acting, but they were all very good in their roles. I, I liked all of the kids. I thought that they were, that they were okay. I thought they were good friends. Um, that they all had very good chemistry and a good dynamic with each other. Um, so definitely those are some of the things that I liked about it. And like I said, I thought that initially before this film kind of goes in a different direction, which we'll talk about, but initially, man, I, I saw the potential for some good things here. A and this film, I thought had the opportunity to be something on another level because with this bullying storyline and some of the things they were introducing and some of the things that Ma was doing, th there was this story that could that had the potential to really be something. And I, I, unfortunately, I just don't quite think we reached that, but I, but I do want to commend at least the, the initial part of the movie, because honestly, I walked into this film with little expectations. I really was just watching this <laughs> so that we could review this, because when I saw the previews, I just 
I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. This this looks like a mistake. Like, I'm not going to lie. That was my first impression. And I kind of have this impression that maybe Octavia Spencer was a witch or something. Like, I didn't really, I, I, you know, I didn't know what, I didn't have too many impressions coming out of a preview, but that's what I thought. And my curiosity of what she was actually doing really drives the first half of the movie, which I thought was excellent as she's getting to know the kids, as she's doing different things and the movie is kind of keeping you guessing that aspect of it really works. So that would be my uh, compliments for this film. If I can just say something real quick too, because you reminded me of it when you talked about like the expectations you had, um, I actually also talking about the kids, um, the, the, the guy who plays Andy I, and his name is Corey Fogelmanis, uh, I believe is how you say his name. He, okay, I actually didn't know what to expect from him in this movie because the only thing I've ever seen him in before this was Girl Meets World. And he was like the, the nerdy, like super off the wall, like quirky, eccentric kid in that show. And he did it really well. So for him to kind of play like the love interest kind of kid in this was I was really not sure how that was going to go. But to his credit, I will say he did a really good job. Like he he really pulled it off really well. And he also just has like this this really like sweet baby face about him, too, where, you know, the other kids, some of them, you could tell they're they're like the popular, like good looking jocks or whatever. And this kid isn't. But he he just looks like he's a very sweet soul and like i was like how is he gonna do in a movie like this but he did a really good job so i give credit to that because i also didn't know what to expect from that so yeah yeah i i will agree with you on that um seeing him especially come from farkle in girl meets world yeah um this this character in this this movie was it was is a drastic change and i really i thought he handled it very well and like you guys brought up uh diana silvers was great um Octavia Spencer, for the most part, was great. Um, I, for the most part, the only redeeming thing I, th- I, I can really think of at this time, and it's really just kind of mimicking everything you guys said, were the acting performances. I thought, like Heather said, I thought the relationships with the kids and the way they acted genuinely felt like a, a click at high school. Um, and I, I, for the most part, I liked the performance that Octavia Spencer was presenting. I don't necessarily like what she was having to present with that said uh performance and i'll get into that in just a second because i'm about done here but i liked the way she was at least doing that um and and so for the most part that was and that's all those parts were very very it was very well cast and like i said the acting performances were what you would want for something like this i mean i and i really like the fact that these high school kids felt very genuine and just like real people because one of my big issues with book smart was the fact that like i said it's they do feel like kids and they feel like friends and everything like that but some aspects of the the high school and everything like that just seemed very eccentric and very just accentuated beyond belief like it was a very hyper realized version of a high school whereas this version of high school and their dynamics and things like that just felt like a very more natural and grounded version of high school relationships so i did really appreciate uh that aspect of it when it comes to performances and i'm done so any more likes before i start my segment (laughs) nah you go ahead well i feel bad that going into dislikes 
for two episodes in a row for you Santa fans. I'm essentially starting it off the same way with a big old fuck this movie. Just fuck this movie. I mean, I think it's kind of expected that you might feel that way about this at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, but still, fuck this movie. I mean, you had these relationships, you had these very authentic and and true characters, and then they just made the stupidest narrative decisions that I think I've ever seen committed on film ever. There's a scene where Octavia Spencer is killing the father of now cool Farkle, and Andy, yeah. She's put an IV on him with dog's blood because she's like, all men are dogs, which I guess that's fine and all. It would, I guess, technically could kill him with blood toxicity. But then she slits his wrist after he's like paralyzed anyway, or like she sedated him. Yeah. And so then she slits his wrist. I'm like, so the fucker's bleeding out anyway. Yeah. Like, what's the point of the dog's blood? What's the point? Just so so she could say, oh, men are dogs. What? That stupid. Um, she does this weird scene where she's and, and I know you've seen aspects of it in the trailer where she's sewing one of the girl's mouth shuts because she's just a little gospel gossiping little harlot and uh, she burns a guy because he's got sexy abs. Um, she paints a kid's <laughs> face white because he's black um, and she stabs Farkle because she wanted to fuck his dad. I guess that was the motivation. And I, him, I, I think do it and him too. I think. <laughs> Yeah, proxy. yeah, I think she wanted to fuck him too. And so it was, so she stabs him, I guess. And, you know, and then like has them all sit around her on a couch and she's like, take a picture like it's high school. Like what? <laughs> like what the fuck kind of logic yeah. was that? She has a daughter in this film that I really thought they were setting up to have like a be a dark secret or something like that. And it just wasn't. They just didn't tell you that information. Yeah. Ultimately, there was no reason to hide that aspect of it. They just didn't because they wanted it to seem like a surprise. Like they, I, I genuinely think that what's his name? Tate Taylor or Taylor Tate or Triple T McGillan or whatever the fuck this director's name is. <laughs> I really think that he thought that that was sneaky and sly. Like he red herring to red herring. Like he hid that from you so that it would feel like it was going to be a surprise and that it wasn't really a surprise. But it, and he's like, ha, gotcha. And I was like, no, it just made no sense. It just made no sense. Like everybody's acting like that town's massive. I think that town has four buildings in it. And that includes <laughs> their houses. I just assume they all live in the same house at one point. And, <laughs> and somehow it just, they didn't know that she had a daughter. Like it made no sense. Like the way they built that town and showed it, it really feels the entire movie feels like it's set in a town of one of those small little country towns where everyone knows everyone's name. Except no one in this town knew anything. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You know, they made that weird connection of Juliet Lewis and her daughter coming back to that town. And it happens to be where she, Juliet Lewis's character grew up and went to high school and everything like that. Except they just played that like that wasn't a thing at the beginning of the movie, which made no sense either. Like, come on, that's th- these movies. You always have that throwaway line of like, oh, we're moving back to my hometown. So, you know, I can get back on my feet. Like you, you have that line. Like, I understand it's cheapy. It's cheap. It's cliche. It's stupid. But fuck, have that line. Like, come on. This movie is made for that line. Like that entire story arc for that character is made to have this line in that movie. But they just don't. And so it feels right. like they're in a new town for like half the movie. And then you realize that like, oh, no, that's where she grew up. And so then all of a sudden it's not a new town. Like, and you're like, but why? Why play it like that? Then it makes no sense. And then 
the aforementioned secret daughter of Octavia Spencer's character, they really are playing like on a version of that true life story of the girl Gypsy Rose, uh, which is probably the most famous story of Munchausen's by proxy there is where her mother was constantly poisoning her and telling her, you know, she was sick and sick just to get like famous and to get money and to get, you know, other people to feel sorry for her and to, like to love them and give her attention and all this other stuff to feel needed and wanted. Yeah, exactly. And the mother. And so they're playing the daughter like that. You really do get the impression that this girl is sick because Octavia Spencer's poisoning her yeah. and making her sick, which would be what somebody with Munchausen's by proxy would do, except for the fact that there's the other big key component of it, which is, seeking attention for it instead of just hiding her daughter like she doesn't exist so i'm like what's the point of poisoning her daughter then like that aspect of it which i don't want to say plays a big point but it's it feels like they thought it played a big point it doesn't but i think they thought it did but it's missing the other side of it so it makes no sense and the mom the character Ma is very much someone that would fit somebody that would have Munchausen's by proxy. She wants to be adored. She wants the attention. She yeah. wants everybody to focus on her and love her and, yeah. and tell her she's cool and telling her this and that and this and that. She fits the type of person that would have that and would seek that, except never does. So it's that weird character choice of why are you showing these things and having these things when there's no real connecting tissue between the two? So you have this daughter character, which could have just not been in this movie, and it would have been 99.9% the same. Like, there's just zero reason to have it other than they wanted to, it, it seemed like they wanted to play on the popularity of the of the, the, the real life person, Gypsy Rose, who has had like three documentaries come out about in like a lifetime miniseries, all come out within the last like three months. But like I said, they don't play on it so much that I can't even say that that's what they were doing for the sheer fact that like they don't really play it in the movie. So I just don't understand an entire leg of the narrative that is it's it's just there for like I said, it feels like it's it's a red herring for a red herring. Yeah. And honestly, which is which is something that's unfortunately very uh, prevalent in these movies like this where these i don't want to say low budget horror films but these horror films that oh how am i going to describe this so these horror films that are trying to seem like they're smarter than everything else like i really do feel like this is what this movie was because this this guy you know uh texas toast or whatever the fuck his name was has never directed a horror film (laughs) taylor tate Texas Toast, uh, that might be need to be his name for now on, but it's Taylor Tate. <laughs> what, what, like, what, what I, I don't, I don't hear a difference. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's fine. Like, <laughs> say, say his name again. Just- Texas Toast, <laughs> same difference, I guess. See, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand your point here. Which is interesting because um, he is like an, it's an Academy Award winning movie. Is what the help is. So it's kind of like, oh, this is a strange mm-hmm. turn. Yeah, but don't act like it's good. Just don't. I okay, I'll I'll disagree with you on nope. that because I love that movie. Nope. nope I nope, love that, nope, movie. I like that movie nope. too. Sir. We're not touching that. We're not touching that right now. That's a whole other podcast on why oh movies boy. like that are problematic. <laughs> but Oh boy. Continue. I'm just it, saying. It, shh. No, no, nope. Don't say it. <laughs> too late. Nope. And so it really feels like with this movie that it really was trying to come across like it was you know, like I said, smarter than 
like your average horror film or something like that. And when it's it's just when it comes down to it, it's not. It's just not. It's it's right up there with uh there's a, a movie oh came out in the I want to say about ten years ago, um, called The Perfect Getaway with uh Steve Zahn, Mila Jolovich, Timothy Oliphant. And yeah. in that movie they have this whole scene where they're talking about a red herring and it's it's purpose in movies and stuff like that. And when that's what that entire movie is. And spoilers for if you haven't seen that movie, I'm going to spoil it, which trust me, I'm saving you time from wasting your life on watching that movie where the whole plot of the movie is that there's these killers in Hawaii. And so this couple, which is the main focus of the show of the movie, they come across another couple and then they're like, oh, I think they're the killers. And then there's these other couples, which I think one of the the other other couple, I think has Chris Hemsworth in it as like a, a, a baddie type. And they're like, oh, maybe he's the killer. And the entire movie, this couple is like, they're the killer. They're the killer. You know, they're pointing fingers at all these other people. And it turns out that they're the killers in the end. And so they're like, haha, we got your red herring, except it's fake because there are times when Mila Jolovich and Steve Zahn's character are alone. There's no one around them. They're not with another couple. They are legitimately, for all intents and purposes, alone. And there's like having conversations of like, well, who do you think the killer is? And stuff like that. Like, oh, we need to be safe. There's killers out there. Why would they have that conversation? They know they're the killers. Right. Yep. So it's fake. The entire, it's like, it's not a good thriller because you have no way to actually figure out who the killers are because the killers are acting fake the entire time. Like there would be no reason to have those conversations in private. They would be like, man, we're fucking killing people. And the other person would be like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're killing people. Right. That'd be the real life way of doing that. Yeah. But they don't. You know, they legitimately are alone at times in the movie and they're like, oh, no, do you think the killer's over there? Like, and you're like, why? Why would you be doing that at the whole time? Like, you would never act like that in that situation. And I feel like this movie does the same type of thing when it comes to a lot of their their reveals and their twists and everything like that. Like, I really did have a point on going on that huge change. I promise that I'm getting there now. And that's the fact that, like, the motivations for the characters I really do feel like the the director, what's his name, uh, Twinkle Toes. I really think <laughs> that he thought that he was just truly giving you something you have not seen before and giving you like these cliched motivations and twisting them to like just be so fresh and so new that you'd be like, oh, damn, I did not know that was a thing. And I think he just kind of outthought himself because none of that was true. Like I said, the whole reveal of the daughter and that was the girl she helped from like earlier in the movie and all this other stuff just didn't matter. Like, sure. Did you really see it coming? No. I mean, I guess you could have. I don't give a fuck. I mean, maybe that's why I didn't see it coming. I didn't give a fuck. And so whenever they do that reveal, like it just doesn't matter. So like, what's the point of playing that reveal up like that then? Like that's fake, you know, like whenever uh, Lee Pace's character is trying to ascertain why is it Lee Pace or you know, the guy that played Gaston. What the fuck that guy's name Luke is? Luke Evans. No, there is a Lee Pace, at least. He's Ronan in the Avengers movies. But yes, uh, Luke Evans. See, exactly. I'm not I'm not that far off. So Luke Evans, um, like his character's trying to like figure out like why his son was hanging out at Ma's house and all this other stuff. And but he was doing so in in a way that also made no sense. Like he know what he knew what he did to that girl when she was younger. He knew what he did. So like, then why would he act like that wasn't a thing until the very end of the conversation? Right. And also they established very early on in the movie that this dad has serious control issues with this son, like trying to get his son arrested at the very beginning of the movie. That's one of the first things you see in this movie is 
you know, this guy trying to get his son arrested in- intentionally. And somehow he wouldn't have that same instinct in that situation. He, he He's going to slow play it. Yeah. Great point. That makes no sense. You know, I mean, this movie really does devolve where I actually thought I understood the motivations and what was going on for, I guess, the first 90 percent of the movie. I legitimately kind of understood what was happening. And then that last 10 percent was just like, hey, let's just see how much stupid bullshit we can do for 10 percent of this movie and see if it works. <laughs> I legitimately think they just threw pasta on the wall and. And what stuck is they tried to like, they did some hallucinogenic drugs and then whilst tripping balls stared at the spaghetti (laughs) until the spaghetti formed words. And then they used those words for the last 10% of the script (laughs) because that's about as much sense as that movie made. Although in the end, quick side note, Tate Taylor plays one of the officers in the movie. So keep an eye out for that. Everyone. I mean, Texas toast. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't Mm -hmm. even know who that is anymore. Texas Toast. Yeah, he's one of the officers. Nope. No idea. I mean, I remember Trippy uh, Tricycle, the director of this movie. I know he has a cameo in it. Yeah, yeah. That guy. And, you know, I think honestly, my game of thinking of two T words is more fun than I had for this entire movie. So I'm going with it from now on. But it's it really is just one of those situations where it just it devolves so fast. And it really is so fast. Yeah. Like, and honestly, it ruins the movie so fast. I mean, which is sad because that's that's the biggest trope for, I want to say, indie horror films, indie horror films, especially or indie thrillers and indie horror films typically do such a good job of developing everything. And then when it comes to the third act, when it comes time to pull the trigger and to seal the deal and finish the film you started making, I, I, I just I never feel like any of them have the guts to do it, to truly finish the film that they set up. You know, they feel like they have to go into cliches and tropes and just problematic themes that we've seen a billion times. Like ultimately at the end of this movie, all the shit they were kind of doing for the most part, we've seen a version of in another film and we've seen a version of it better, you know? And so when it devolves so fast, it just, it loses all momentum, which also fuck, I hate that word momentum. I feel like I've used it nine times in the last like six podcasts because so many of these movies have done so where they, they've got something and they're building momentum and they fuck themselves on it. And while this movie didn't do it between scenes like Godzilla did, or, you know, just to one specific character like Aladdin did, this movie kills the entire momentum of the movie. Like once it devolves, you're just like, what the fuck is happening? And it really just cheapens everything. And it makes you second guess everything you saw before it. Like when you thought you saw good things and you thought you saw promise and you thought you saw this and that for, you know, like I said, the first 90% of the movie, that last 10% is so bad and so fucking stupid that it makes you even wonder if you did see anything good. Like the only reason why I mentioned in my like section that I like performances and things like that is because you guys did. So then I was like, oh, okay, I didn't make that up because I thought I had. By the time the movie ended, I didn't think I actually liked any of the performances. So the fact that other people have said they did means that I at least experienced something real in that movie. So I think I've gone long enough because I think I'm close to 20 fucking minutes at this point. Um, Justin, your turn. What did you not like about this movie? Okay. So in the spirit of you using alliteration and tease, to describe the director. So here's the problem I had with Taco Tuesday's direction. Like, 
Oh, fuck. That was so that good. That was such fuck a good you. one. Damn it. That's good. So, so Taco here. Like, the thing is, is that, man, everything you're saying is right. And that's why I'm so sad about this movie, because I really do feel that there's a good movie trapped in here somewhere. That's how I, I walked out feeling. Like, I feel like it was on the cusp of something really interesting and awesome. And we just didn't reach it because of, like you said, it just devolves so much in the end. And yes, I mirror your sentiments about the daughter. And I really feel like that was a missed opportunity because as the story was building and when we finally found out the daughter was there and she she was locked up and everything. The wheels started turning in my head, and I knew that um, the that the Luke, like his character, I knew that there was some type of involvement with them when she was younger. And this was before the movie actually gives you all that. Like I think we had just seen up to where he leads um, a young Octavia Spencer in the into the closet and everything like that. And I just kept thinking, what if that's his daughter what if that was his daughter that's what and i like, yes and she and 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 she hated her because it reminded her of him and what he did and everything like that and i thought there was an opportunity with that man and if if it was if that was the story if that was the story that 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 was really his daughter and he never knew about it and everything because she was just so embarrassed because um, Ma was so embarrassed at what happened and everything like that. And that is why she was treating this daughter like this, because the daughter just reminded her of something traumatic. So this trauma is just trauma on top of trauma, you know, Um creating the drama so to speak and then whenever she confronts him and kills him all of that would have kind of meant something more and i kept thinking that's gotta be what this is that's gotta be what this is and then it was just nothing so like you said like it was just so disappointing because not only did I not get what I imagined, not only did I not get some sort of logical explanation, I just got nothing. So that was just monumentally disappointing. And I thought that maybe in this movie, there could have been this message, like this anti-bullying message about how that can go so far and that there are just times where people never truly get over that. They never recover. You know, you, 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 you there, there's so many anti-bullying messages out there. There's so many people like fighting against bullying and programs. And you hear about that all the time and you hear about cyberbullying and you hear about all these forms of bullying and how they can really be debilitating for youths and people and even adults. And I think there was a chance here with that message. I feel like it was kind of in there somewhere. You know, it was it it, it could have been in there. But the film was too busy just doing all these other things. It didn't know what to do with the daughter, so it decided to do nothing with the daughter. Then, like you said, her on the couch posing with the kids and everything like that. What point did that really serve? Like, it seemed like this was a woman 
who was obsessed with wanting to be accepted. And she just had to have it. She had to have acceptance and stuff like that. And I thought that what we were doing was we were playing off the idea that, okay, since she wasn't accepted when she was young, she saw this as a second chance. Like, this is my chance to be accepted. And these are, and a lot of these kids are second generation parents. So this is my chance to kind of make up for that traumatic childhood of not being accepted and being the laughing stock and whatever the case may be. And I thought maybe, okay, that's, it felt like that was what this was. It was her trying to have something that she just never had and she never got over it. And it just, uh, something that she just couldn't let go of what happened in her childhood. And I, and I thought that when everything went, started going bad and then those kids also didn't accept her, those feelings and those feelings of malice and those um, homicidal feelings just came to the surface because now she tried it a second time and it didn't work. So now I got to kill everybody because I'll never be accepted. I'll never be that person that I've always tried to be. And I thought maybe there was a chance to kind of have that there. And I thought in some instances they had it. And then they went totally off the rails and they went away from these good things that it seemingly set up. And I'm just so disappointed that none of those ideas, none of those thoughts, none of those things that really could have made this film almost transcendent never came to the light, man. And, and I just feel like Taco Tuesday, he was on to something, man. He was on to something and he just missed the boat, man. I mean, it is just the biggest whiff. It, it, it's like that moment where, you know, you, you've got the bully in your sights and you're like, oh man, I'm going to knock him out. And he's wide open. And all you got to do is run up and hit him. And then you run, you give it your best shot, you swing, and then you just miss and you just face plant on the ground in front of the bully. And now you're going to get your ass kicked. And I feel like that's what happened with this. It, it, it was, it had momentum. It was running. It was going. And I was expecting it to knock me out. And it just completely missed me, man. And it's just a damn shame because Octavia Spencer, like, like we said before, all of the actors showed up for this. They showed up. They had good chemistry. Octavia Spencer was carrying this with her performance. And I was, and I was intrigued by her. And I, and the layers they seeming to be giving her made you kind of feel for her, like Heather was saying. So I was like, oh man, don't tell me that this child is the product of, of what happened when she was younger. And I just knew that was it. I just knew that was the answer. And I'm so sad that they didn't give me something like like that man i'm so sad that they didn't give me that so yeah man i'm just so disappointed in how this thing ended it set me up like and it was a, it was it was fun it set me up i was intrigued and for it to end like that and just kill any momentum it had for it to just kill any hopes i had of it being this transcendent kind of progressive type of horror film it just sucks that it had to end in such a mundane way no i i i completely agree with you on that like and i think that that was also meant to be the red herring also and that's something i i i do feel with that was i think that they wanted to red herring like where the daughter came from 
because I do think that that was the logical conclusion of the way they set that up, because that's what I thought, too, that that was going to be his daughter. And how awesome would that have been? Like, really, that 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 would have helped. Even if we could have figured it out beforehand, I would have been cool with that. Even if I had figured it out a little bit, that was fine. They should have went with that, man. That would have explained a lot of shit she was doing, you know? Well, see, for me, I don't actually know if I can say that that would be better at the time. I think if while watching that and that happened, it would have felt a little soap opera-y. But in the end, like looking back on it, like retrospectively, oh, no, that's an infinitely better choice. Like, I would have infinitely preferred that over anything that that Tasty Treats gave us. <laughs> Heather, your turn. What did you think about Trick or Treats movie? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, like a lot of what you guys are saying is, of course, what what I think, too. And and I do genuinely think that if they had made it to where the daughter was a product of what had happened to Ma's character, I do think that would have been a more compelling um, element to the story. It would have made the story a lot more interesting. It would have spoken a lot more to her motives altogether. And it would have, it would have made more sense to her, her anger or something like that. And even if they would have made it to where the daughter was like, where, where she was kind of like, I mean, you, you see her having this party and all this fun and stuff with the other kids in her daughter's school. So it's like, why not use the daughter in an element in that way even? where it was more of like she wanted the attention and she wanted all the other kids to feel bad for her because of her daughter's, you know, sickness or even just using her to be like, um, you know, like, hey, this is my daughter and I just really want her to have friends. So that's why I want you all to come over. Like that would have been another good element as to why the kids were always over at her house. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that they really, they could have done a lot more with it. And I, it, it just almost feels like they, they wrote the story and they had finished what they wanted to do with the story. And then they added that element of the daughter afterwards. You, you kind of feel like it was an afterthought of the whole story and the whole movie. You know, if they could have just, I, they could have just expounded on it so much more, or they could have done it in just such a different way where they could have used that daughter and that storyline a lot more to the creep factor, even, or just even in general to further the story beyond the, just the basic level that it pretty much stayed at in the storyline altogether. So there were a lot of missed opportunities, like Jason said, with that. And yeah, I just, I think that was kind of the hugest bummer for me of this movie. It was like, okay, so you added this factor of, oh, the daughter is someone that she knows from school and they just didn't do anything with it. You feel like they were going to the whole time. Like all of us are saying, I'm on that same boat where I thought, oh, it's going to be Luke Evans or Ben in the movie. It's going to be his daughter and that's going to be the surprise element and that's going to be what sets her over the edge as to why she becomes so angry and just wants to kill everybody or something. And they just never did that. It was like they were on the cusp of it the whole time and they just never did it. So that was, for me, a huge disappointment and something I didn't like because without that, you feel like they really just had the daughter as kind of like the secret storyline for no reason because it did not add up to anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, because she was just, she was hiding it and what was the point in hiding it? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and Sterling is ab- absolutely right about his thoughts about, you know, if that was her, um, 
you know, if that was her thing was like, oh, she wanted the attention for it because her daughter was so sick and she wanted to use that to her advantage, that it just, that would have also made more sense to the story and what they wanted to do with that. And it would have added so many more layers to make the story interesting, but they didn't use that when it was kind of right in front of them. So that was also very disappointing. And I guess you can really say a lot of this movie is, it's just disappointing that they had a lot of good talent in this movie. Octavia Spencer is an Oscar winning actress, you know, and like they just, they have all these performances from these young stars that are rising and they're really great talents. And they just kind of wasted it on a story that was less than mediocre, honestly. And I hate to say that because like you guys all know how much I love horror movies. (laughs) And I really wanted to like this movie, especially because I was like, you get Octavia Spencer in there, there's some solid acting in this and it's going to be a good horror movie. And they just didn't do that at all. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the biggest disappointment of it. And also, it's just very cringeworthy. It's very like, and I think that that was part of the point of it. Yes. But sometimes there were certain scenes where for me, it was too cringy for me to actually enjoy it or think that it was creepy. It really, or to think that it was like scary. It was just more creepy than anything. So it just, it was a little too cringy for me to just be like, yeah, that was a good movie. It just, they had a little bit too many of those moments in it for me, which I didn't really enjoy because I'm like, I mean, they just crossed a lot of the lines of her with the younger kids and just her, her relationships with them or her dynamics with them. And it just kind of, and I guess to that, I would credit it saying like, okay, good job at acting that well, because it was, it was really convincing because it really made me cringe, you know, but it just, it, it was, I feel like it was too much of what they wanted to do with the story to where they didn't want to build the story into anything deeper. And I think that was my problem with it. Like if it was like there were deeper levels to it and they added that into it, it would have been a little bit more watchable for me in those instances, but they didn't do that. They just kind of wanted to make it cringy to make it cringy, you know? <laughs> so, and okay. also another thing in the, in the movie is like when, you know, she's, she's, you know, super mad at the dad, Ben, Luke Evans character, you know, she's so mad at him and she wants revenge on him and she thinks he's a dog and she just goes through all this effort to just trap him and kill him and all these things. And then at the very end of the movie, when they decide to burn down her house or the house gets set on fire, for one, the fact that she doesn't even try to leave the house, like it's not even like she tried to survive that. She was, she just kind of just accepted it and was like, well, my house is burning. Let me just stay in it and not even try to get out of it. Like, it was just weird to me that she didn't even try to be like, hey, daughter, save me. She was just like, my daughter's turned against me, too. I guess I'm just going to die in this house. Like, it was just a weird reaction to like how she didn't even want to get out of it. And then she goes upstairs and she just gets in bed next to this guy who she supposedly just hates so much that she swapped out his blood for dog's blood and you know cut his wrist and all these things so she just her her last moments are her deciding i'm gonna get in bed with next to this guy that i hate you know like it just for me it didn't make sense why that would be her ending you know like it it would have made more sense if they had followed the storyline of the daughter is their daughter that would have made even a little bit more sense. But she's like, I hate you. You're the worst. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to torture you. And then she's like, let me just go lay next to you while I'm dying in this burning house that I'm not trying to get out of. That really bothered me. So I think that was also a really disappointing moment because it's like there were so many other ways that could have ended or anything like that where 
she just it's kind of like she didn't even try and i feel like her character just because of how she was able to manipulate and just convince people and kind of bring people into her world because of her convincing you know nurturing nature that she presented about herself as this fake character like i just feel like there's there's so many other things that she could have done and ways that she could have gone out at the end of that as opposed to just like well i give up i'm just pissed off that they took my daughter with them it was just a weird ending to her whole character story and it just it just didn't feel like it just kind of felt like they were abruptly ending it because they were like well we don't have anything else to say for this story so let's just end it now you know it was just very strange to me but um yeah so that's (laughs) for me those are my things that i just there are just a lot of things that didn't add up it just felt like it wasn't a whole story they didn't tell the whole story there were a lot of pieces left out of it maybe there's like a super cut that we didn't see that they should have made just the whole movie because there were just too many pieces missing that if they would have filled it in or added a little bit more backstory or detail to them, it would have made the movie a lot better. Like you said, it could have elevated above other movies, honestly, especially with the talent that they got to make this movie, especially in horror movies. It's very infamously known for having terrible acting and terrible performances because that's a lot of the fun of some of these movies. But this one could have been so great because of the talent they got. And I just feel like they kind of wasted it on a script and a story that was half-baked. So, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of wasting talent, like Allison Jenny that played that doctor, what did she do? Yes. What did she do besides I totally her, forgot about besides her. open a door or stick her head out a window and say, oh, what the hell are you doing? Get off that phone or whatever. That was it. Right. That was all you could have used anybody for that. And you want to use like Emmy winning talent to play that character when you could do so much more with that. That's ridiculous. I agree. I totally forgot about that. Like, man. And now that I think about it, okay, Tasmanian tiger here. Do you think that the daughter him like maybe he thought as Heather was talking, it made me think of something. Do you think that uh, double T? Do you think maybe he was thinking that the daughter, her locking up the daughter was just like another characteristic of her being crazy? Like, oh, why is she crazy? Well, because she eats uh, peanut butter and macaroni sandwiches. Well, why is she crazy? Oh, she locks her daughter up and she injects her with something. Do you feel like maybe he just like like he just settled on it's just one of the crazy things that she does she just does because she does it that's still terrible but isn't that kind of what it felt like after it it had no resolution or story at all like it was just oh this is another crazy (laughs) thing she ma does that that's what it seemed like that's all it amounted to honestly well well I, I disagree with you on that just for the sheer fact that I feel like when Terrible Twos was setting up the scenes and everything like that, that it really does come across like Munchausen's by proxy. It really does. No, I does. totally agree. Yeah. Just without the other side of it, it really comes across as Munchausen's because, I, well, by proxy, not Munchausen's because Munchausen's would be the daughter doing it to herself. Anyway, because, you know, she does play an aspect of it at some point in the movie when Ma's like, oh, I've been acting like this because I have cancer. Feel sorry for me. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's that's that aspect of it. You know, wanting the attention like that because they went from wanting to cut her off completely to, oh, no, Ma, no, 
instantly. Yeah. Like that's the reaction she wants. And that's seriously how they played that. And if that wasn't the case, then the, they played everything about it wrong. If they just wanted that to be a crazy trait of hers, they set it up insanely wrong for that. Like mind blowingly wrong. Like they took a left in Albuquerque when they should have taken a right wrong. Yeah. I mean, and like, I get what you're saying, but I just don't think that's exactly what happened based on every other aspect of that scene and those scenes. Well, and even, and there was even that one part, like where, when she's injecting her and she goes, you know, you have to stay here because you know how children are, people are, teens are, they'll laugh at you, they'll pick on you and stuff like that. So even that scene almost alluded to the fact that maybe she thought in her own twisted way she was protecting her daughter. Like maybe her, she saw that her daughter was kind of a little eccentric and weird or whatever. And she, uh, and of course her being, because she had a traumatic experience while she was in school, she's locking the daughter up and, and in some warped way thought maybe she was protecting her daughter. I mean, even if it had been something like that, which you could have justified given her trauma, you know what I mean? But ultimately it was it was nothing except just a crazy thing she was doing. But but, but I do agree with what you're saying. Like the narrative, the way the narrative was going, it did seem like it was something more like that. And you, like you said, she did use that uh to uh to to make the teens feel sorry for her at that time. But man, that the, the the daughter man just got lost in the shuffle despite all the chances they had, it seemed like, to fix that. Yeah, I mean, and even to that point too, it's like when she's when she's talking to these kids that she became friends with and she's saying, Oh, hey, I have cancer and all these things, it actually would have made more sense, I feel like, in the story to say that her daughter had that. Because she already was hiding her daughter away. They knew her daughter wasn't well. So it would have made more sense to just be like, you know, my daughter's sick and I need to be around people her age just because it makes me feel better. That would have just been a, it would have made more sense the storyline of like why she wanted to be around these kids all the time, you know? So I, I don't know. I just feel like that would have been a better way to go about that. And yeah, it, they just, I don't know. I just, I feel like there were a lot of wasted opportunities, like you were saying with that. So. I mean, I don't know. I'm but, done and, talking about this movie. If you guys have anything else well, to say, you say one, it, but one, I'm done. One other thing I wanted to say, too, was like, I don't know if... I mean, because it kind of felt like you, you don't see much of her before her her entrance when the kids are trying to like sell her whatever or to, to pay her to give them the beer or whatever it was. You don't see much of her, but you you don't just have this feeling that when they meet her that, that she's this weird or crazy person. So... I don't know. And then, you know, you, you see that she, she notices the van and she notices the name on it. So she just puts together that that's the guy's son that's driving it or whatever. And even if they had used that element to just play up the whole, like, you know, I've, I've been dealing with years of, you know, trying to get over this and trying to get past this. And then that was a trigger for her seeing the son driving that van and just that bringing back all these memories of what happened to her. They actually could have played that up. And I think that also would have been a really good element. They could have added to that story because it would have made sense why she just suddenly went a little bit crazy with her actions later on because there was something that triggered her. You don't really see in this that there's something that really triggered it at all. It was just kind of a thing that she got to know them and then she just went a little crazy. They got to know her and she went crazy, which that happens too. But 
that also I think was a missed opportunity that they could have used like, oh, this was a triggering moment when I saw that this kid who she was like, oh, he looks so much like his dad. And that's why I'm sort of in love with him, too. And he's driving this guy's van with the name Hawkins on it. Like you just feel like that could have been a trigger moment that they could have played up in the story as to what set her off. Yeah, I get what you're saying with that. It's just, yeah, if that was the case and if they wanted to play like that, I think that would have been a better way of doing it. It's just they didn't show it. And if that was their intention, then they fucking failed completely at that being like the penultimate, you know, uh, reasoning of why she turned out that way, you know. I, and I get what you're saying with that. And also, I, I do wanted to touch on something that you guys brought up with what Alice and Janie or whatever the fuck her name is, um, her character in this. And they really kind of played her off like she was just a bitch to Ma when, in all actuality, when was she wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, Ma was, like, on her phone instead of doing her job. Or Ma was, like, staring out a window instead of, like, filling out the paperwork and shit. You know what I mean? Like, she was never wrong any of those yeah. times she chastised Ma for what she was doing. That's true. You know, because, yeah, she wasn't doing her job. It made 100% like sense of why that character would be upset. And she just was like, I was like, mm, bitch. No, you're the one being the asshole and not doing your job. It makes complete sense. Yeah. And I think it, it also just kind of goes to the point of it seems like she's had that job for a while. She's been there for a while. And for her to suddenly just be doing these things like not answering the phones and not doing what she's supposed to be doing. It's like, well, obviously something triggered her to react that way as opposed to how she normally is. So that's why I feel like they could have played up that element more. But yeah, you're right. Because I'm like, she was kind of right in everything she said. Like she wasn't doing anything, you know, but yeah. And she died. I mean, she was killed. Why does she need to die? <laughs> what was the point of killing that character? I don't even, what was the point? Just, oh, you're yelling at me for not doing my job, so I'm going to kill you. That's all I can gather. How is she connected to the story? And and that's what I mean. Just like it, it, th that made th that was just done so we could go, oh, that character is dead. But it served no purpose. It really didn't. Well, and you're absolutely right on that. And I mean, I want to disagree with one thing Heather said, though, is I don't think that she was good at her job and then just started being bad because Alice and Janie's character just seemed like she's constantly frustrated with her. I just think since that town has nine <laughs> people in it and all of them have 27 animals and she's a very busy vet that like that's her only assistant. So it's like it's either you deal with her bullshit of not doing her job half the time or just literally have no one else to help you at all. So I think that that's why. Tic Tac could have done so much better, man. Yes. No. But on that note, Heather, recommendation and score. I mean, it sucks because I do love horror movies and I really wish I could recommend it, but I really don't. I mean, I the really kind of like Jason said earlier in this podcast, uh, Octavia Spencer is sort of the 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 reason to watch this movie, just to see her dynamic of how she plays the character. To be fair, though, the kids are a good reason too because they all did a good job. But honestly, like it's it's too cringeworthy in my opinion, and it's not really a standout above anything else. It feels like a very incomplete story. It almost feels like they were trying to overlap two different storylines or twists into one. And it just didn't work for what I think they were trying to do with it. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I have to say, I don't really recommend it. I, I think overall, my score for this is going to be 
four Octavia Spencer's trying to be one of the cool kids out of 10. So not a great score. And that's coming from someone who's seen a lot of terrible horror movies and sometimes likes them. So really sad because there was so much potential. But I think the potential and realizing how much better it could have been because of the potential is why it's like noticeably bad. Justin, what about you? Man, this is a man. It's, it's going to be hard to recommend this film, honestly. Um, honestly, if, if it were my personal friends, people that I care about, I probably would tell them to watch something else because I care about them. Um, some now for now for others, like let's just say there are some unique situations. Like there's someone who follows Octavia Spencer and they're a big fan and they want to see her. Okay, cool. I, I do recommend you see this because th- this was different. It was refreshing to see her in this role and having as much fun as she did. And it, it was very interesting to see her doing a role like this. And that's the sad part about this because ultimately, it, it, I wish this was better. I wish this had been as good as we wanted it to be. And I wish that they had went with some of these ideas they seemingly set up in the movie and just totally whipped on. Because I, the the premise of this, I, I would like to see more of. I would like to see kind of some of more of these lower level type of, and lower level by that, I just mean kind of the situation. You know, we're not talking about space or anything big or anything like that, just a small neighborhood and somebody crazy. And an actor who maybe typically you're not used to seeing in this role, playing this role and being the bad guy and stuff like that. The the Some of the formula things in this, I would like to see again. I would like to see more movies like this where an actor who doesn't normally play this type of role um, show up and actually and challenge themselves and do things like this and uh, because that was part of the appeal of this and it was and it was and the and really this film is a tale of two halves because the first half of this film it was fun it was intriguing I liked the characters I liked Octavia and what she was doing and I was wondering trying to figure out oh man what is she doing what is her end game like when, when at the first part of this movie, when when it had me feeling those things, the, I was very entertained and I was really enjoying this. And I was like, man, is this going to be a sleeper hit for me? Like, is this going to be one of those movies I just didn't see coming? And it just blew me away. So I do feel like walking away from this. There are some good things to take away from this. There's something. It was on the cusp of something and it didn't quite hit it. And I would like to see another director and another actor give something like this a shot. So in the spirit of that, I am going to at least recommend it to those that are looking for something a little different, that are looking for something that you know, uh, looking for something, seeing an actor do something that they're that that you're not accustomed to seeing them do, and things like that. I think that Octavia, uh, uh really, and, and everybody else was fine and did well in their roles, but really to see her doing this, I think, really is the appeal of this. Because other than that, there's nothing. So, um, with that being said, I'm going to give this. A 45. Yeah, we'll go with that. A 45 Mars burning next to their 
the <laughs> ex boyfriend or ex lover <laughs> or ex crush or whatever you want to call it while she's burning inside a house out of 100. Uh, you, you, you know, I'm, and that 40% really is just for the actors and the acting performances. That's why this movie gets points, but ultimately it just evolves into something forgettable. And we've got so many other horror movies coming out. We've got uh, Child's Play coming out. Uh, it Chapter 2 is coming out. We've got, what's that movie that the hereditary people are doing? Um, Midsummer. I forget the name of it. Yeah, we yeah, Mids- we've got Mid- Midsummer coming Midsummer. out. So when you consider all of these p- others that are coming out, this is just going to be something thrown in that forgotten pile. This is just going to be something that was forgettable and we move on to something better, unfortunately. Well, I think it's safe to say that I don't recommend this movie. Um, honestly, if you can just forget this movie was made and never even be tempted to watch it, no matter what, I think you'd be better off. Like, I highly suggest if you have not seen this movie and you're just listening to this podcast, I I suggest (laughs) you go see a hypnotist and have them just erase this movie's existence from your mind. So you'll just never even know it existed and you'll be better off for it. Um, I just really think that uh, Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, power forward turn center, Tristan Thompson was just in over his head and just really needs to stay in his lane because this just isn't it. He just doesn't even need a car on this road at all. Um, And while I do appreciate the acting performances, just the way this movie ends and everything like that, my score will be zero. Just insert some noun and some adjectives and verbs out of any other number because it really doesn't matter because I gave it zero anyway. That's it. So... You just demolished yeah, I just, it. Yeah, fuck this movie. So I started with that. Just fuck this movie. Um, so on that note, guys, thank you for listening. Check us out on the internet, www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at cinema underscore slayers. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers. Let us know what you thought about Ma. Let us know if we're right or wrong or if we missed something or anything like that. Uh, I don't feel like we're wrong, but hey, you might feel like we're wrong. And tell us that. And tell us why we're wrong and all that other fun stuff. Because we do like hearing from you guys. And we want to hear that. We want to hear what you guys thought about Ma. Especially if it does differ from us. Because that's what makes movies great. Somebody out here liked this movie. I'm sure of it. At least one person did. And, you know, I want to hear from that person why they like this movie. So if you're one of those people, let us know. And, you know, check us out anywhere you know you prefer to listen to podcasts. I'm sure we're on it. If we're not, let me know. I'll make sure we get on it. And other than that, guys, unlike Ma, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Tasmanian Tigers, tumultuous temperatures, uh, tetronomical troglodytes. <laughs> what about twisty tornadoes? Nah, I like that one. Yeah, throw that one in.